Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Okay, so we are recording now. I want to thank you all for getting on this episode and recording what it looks like and what it, how we portray ourselves as not only women that are Black, but also women of faith. In this episode, we're going to be talking about our journey to where we are now when it comes to our faith, but also discussing how our faith is affecting our decisions, or I don't even want to say affecting, how our decisions are being filtered through our faith, um, using Nikki's words, for us to make the decisions with what's happening today in society and us moving forward and making an impact to be a part of the change, but also be the hope that the world does not have right now. So getting into this, I would love if each one of you share a little bit about when you realize in that moment that, yes, I believe in Jesus and this is like who I want to follow and this is how I want to move forward in life. Because for me, it did not start at a young age. Both my grandmothers or my parents, like both of my grandmothers, my parents' mothers, (laughs) Um, were very actively in the church. Like my parents are dragged into the church. Therefore, they rebelled. They had me and we did not go to church. I didn't start going to church until I was 17. And I started driving myself to church. And that's like where everything started for me. Kiara was actually my best friend in college. And looking at her living her life compared to how I grew up, Let's just say I look back and I'm like, ooh, baby. <laughs> you can tell I was not raised in church, but I am happy I found Jesus. Ain't we all? <laughs> I look back on those days and I'm like, wow. Um, and I don't think I've ever told Kiera this, but she was very impactful to me in that moment of really learning what it's like to lead a life, believing in Jesus and how we just act differently, how we handle situations differently and how we just move forward. So for me, I was 17 when I found Jesus and um, that has been a nine year journey for me now of really figuring out what that looks like and how I want to lead my life. And now I will give it to whoever want to popcorn and, <laughs> and answer that question next. I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I grew up in the church as well, from Arkansas, country, real country town, um, and just went to church all the time. And I just kind of, we, for me, church was, you go to church, you cry, you see people shout, pass out every now and then, <laughs> and then you go back home and next thing you know, they're cursing people out and, you know, same old, same old, nobody was really, really living it. So we just go to church, right? That was the extent of me, of what I saw Christian life being like. So when I graduated high school and came into the army, even though I had been my whole life, I got into the army and I was kind of lost, like just doing whatever, you know, living my life, kind of like you said, like I hadn't been in church my whole life and just got led to a lot of um, depression, low self-esteem, didn't know what I stood for as a woman, what was I supposed to do as a woman, you know? And so 
going through so many things, bad relationships and things like that in my life, I kept ending up to a point where God was always there. It was like, okay, I know I'm supposed to pray when things get rough. And he was always there. And so um, got to a really low point and I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm tired of crying and all this kind of stuff and just always crying and asking people to pray for me all the time and then going home and the same thing. And that's when I started to, let me just take this stuff seriously. If I say that I'm going to believe in God the way I'm supposed to, let me read and actually do what he says do and see if this will make a difference in my life. And after doing that and like really getting committed, like life really started to change. Like things started to change, start to see things differently, start to value yourself differently. Relationships started getting better, had some standards for myself, you know, started to, you know, move up a little bit. <laughs> or, um, and it just kind of went from there. And I feel like from there, all the negative experiences that I had have now been able to be used as something positive to share with other people about how God brought me from that point to this point, because a lot of people come into the army and they don't know God, but guess what? So I'm first class Kilgore is here living for Jesus. And I'm going to tell you about him because you're out here being 17 and don't know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> so I'm going to share him with you. And it's been an amazing journey. And that's kind of, that's just kind of how I evolved into like, really what I say now, really trying to live for Christ the way I'm supposed to. I love that. I remember them sergeants. I, I, I was in the army for a bit. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Nikki, would you like to go? Okay. So, um, so I, I grew up in the church, like for real, for real in the church. I'm from the South. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, so we were in, we were at church all the time, like grew up in like the youth choir and the youth handbell, like for real, the handbells um, in the Baptist, like Blackly Black Baptist Church, um, all of those things. Um, and so like, and I, I got baptized when I was, when I was young and I knew what it was. So it wasn't like, you know, just a thing to do. So I was aware. Um, but even still, like, I think I didn't really have like a full relationship with God until I was much older. Like I would even venture to say probably in the last five to seven years, like it's when I would say I fully feel like I have been developing a relationship, like where I'm like, no, like me and Jesus, like we homies, like that's my dude, you know, <laughs> like, um, I'm not just say like I didn't call on him like when stuff was like you know you call on him when stuff goes goes bad like like Jesus I need your help like um, you know like you like Boy. you know <laughs> like the raise your hand kind of relationship but not like the let me check in with him on like Jesus how do you want me to live yeah. like what did consult with you about today like before I wake up before I get out of bed let me check with you to see like what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, let me get my download from you. Like that didn't really start happening until the last maybe five to seven years. Um, and I think, honestly, I, I really think that started happening. I don't know if this is true for anybody else, but I was, I was always like intimidated by the Bible, like reading the Bible I was like, all the these, the thous, the thuses, and the, I was like, hmm. yeah, I'm a, I can pray, I, I'm a go to church, I can sing the song, like all of that, I'm a hear the word, 
but me reading it on my own, like that's, I was like, I just, I don't think I can understand it. And it wasn't until um, somebody challenged me, like it was, I think it was actually in church one Sunday and there was a message that was about like, just start, like just ask God to give you discernment while you're reading it to help you understand it before you read it. And you don't even have to like, like, you know, they say like, just point to a place and, and God will help you understand that. And I was like, what, like, what kind of mess is that? (laughs) And I literally was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start at Genesis and we're going to see what happens. And literally like I started reading, I I found, I found like a one year Bible plan and I started reading it from the beginning. And I was like, I'm going to read this in a year. And each day it was like, okay, how am I going to get like a, like a light bulb from the God created light. And I'm like, what? Like just with a word, he said it and that happened. Like if he can do that with just a word, what can, what else can he do? Like that kind of stuff started happening. And so I was, and it got to the point where I started craving it. And if I missed a day of reading and that started happening just from making that a practice every day. And so I think that's really what started it with me. And I never thought that would happen. So that was where the relationship started for me. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So for me, similar to other people I'm here, um, born and raised in church, Pentecostal, apostolic, raised. um, And I'll say, like you, Nikki, my personal relationship didn't, relationship instead of religion, didn't start until a couple of years ago. And um, so being raised in church, I sang in the choir, led the praise and worship, dance teams. Um, I was churched. I, you for people raised in church, it's kind of, kind of gets to a place where you're performance based. You know, when to cry, you know, when to raise your hands, you know, when to speak in tongues, you know, when it's time, somebody's about to pass out. So you need to go get the blanket to cover them up. Like I was so church and I grew up in a church where I was not allowed to wear makeup. I wasn't allowed to cut my hair. I wore skirts every day. It was up until I was in high school. That was before we left the church. So I grew up in this church my whole life. And it was very much about these standards and being very much confined by what you cannot do and why Jesus is condemning you and why you're wrong and why you're going to hell. And um, sin wasn't all equal. This one weighed more than that one. And it was always just this focus on being in prison is what I'll say for, for, for me. That's what it was. It was like, you know, um, it was always about being perfect. Did I do enough today that Jesus still accepts me? Did I did I cross every T? T did I dot every I? Did I do everything right? And I realized I started turning into um, a self-righteous Christian. I condemned people for what they did, what they didn't do. I felt better than people because I abstained from sex and I saved myself up until before um, my marriage. I mean, I fell short there. Um, that's one thing that happened for me that got kind of exposed. Like, you know, he had to let me fall for me to realize you aren't perfect. You mm-hmm. are just like everybody else. You are not, um, just this 
perfect person that you can't fall like everybody else. And while you see everybody else's sins, let me show you you. Let me show you what you're doing wrong. Let me show you why you're living in condemnation and condemning other people. But because your sins are not exposed and people don't see what you're doing behind closed doors, you ain't no better than anybody else. And so let me help you out real quick. And it was very much this mentality. I went to a service recently and the pastor was talking about how this outside in lifestyle is, you know, you have to behave and get it all right. And then before you can be long. And that was the way that was the church I grew up in. You know, you got to do it right. Don't cuss. Don't fuss. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then God accepts you versus Mm. you belong here. God loves you even in all of your imperfections and you're forgiven. Um, you're loved by God. You're called by God, even when you make a mistake, because grace is upon your life. And so um, just this completely, three, um, you know, 180, as Kristen would say, I always say 360, I get it wrong. Um, this, just this shift um, from being in a religion and confinement into being in a personal relationship where you just you talk to God and you, you know, you share with God and you allow God to speak back to you and to show you that his, you know, he died so that you can be forgiven. And, you know, if, if you don't come to him for your strength, like you, like your my, um, I listened to someone else and she said it was, it's not because my legs are strong that I'm su- sustained. And because I do all these things, right. It's because God's hands are stronger than my legs that I'm able to walk this walk. And so learning and, you know, realizing that it isn't within my own strength, but it's because of God's grace and his mercy and his strength that empowers me to live how he wants me to. Um, so that's just been my personal journey and just um, my growth in this in this walk of the Lord. I'm available for a best friend, Kira. <clears throat> if you're available for like number two or whatever, I'm open. Listen, I was just telling Tristan the other day, I'm like, I don't have no friends here. I, and I'll tell you, and I know why, because I used to be mean to people. I, Telling people what they why they ain't good enough. It's like, Lord, help me be a better person. So yes, I am a for friend. <laughs> Look, she just gave a word. Um, thank you all for listening to the podcast. I think <laughs> drop mic. <laughs> no, and I love it. Like, and this is I think this is what cultivated our relationship because when we were in college, let's just say. <laughs> I'm no stranger to dating apps. That's how I met my husband. <laughs> and I'll be like, every time I'll see Kiara, I'll be like, hey, here's so-and-so. <laughs> and she'll be looking at me. And it wasn't until I went off to the military myself that me and my husband's relationship, like we became like best friends. And then when we got married, that's when me and Kiara's relationship like really like blossomed. But it was always like, even though she grew up in a way where they were very, what I call restricted in how they could live based on like what she said, if Jesus is going to accept you because you do these things, she became an example for me for a little bit. And then I kind of realized that the example needed to be Jesus, that sometimes we tend to put people on pedestals so that when we fall, we end up feeling worse about ourselves because we're like, oh, if I was actually a believer, then I wouldn't go through this thing or I wouldn't have made that mistake. And that's what they are. They are mistakes. But I also realized that a lot of the stuff we go through is to get us to where we are. I do not think I would be a business owner like 
business ownership is hard. It's like you have to have so many different roles in, in one, especially when you're starting off. That I feel like because I grew my relationship with God, that I became the Christian that can handle being in business and can handle telling people, no, I'm still working on it. We had that conversation today, but I'm way better than I used to be. I used to be a people pleaser. I used to be the type of person that like, I wanted to do everything for that person so that they'll like me. And now I'm like, if you don't like me, that's fine. Um, Jesus loves me. <laughs> so you go and do what you need to do. And I, I think it's just beautiful to see how we all can have these different uh, journeys with our faith, but we always end up coming back to who we're supposed to follow, who we're supposed to listen to, who we're supposed to filter our, our thoughts through and our movements through and deciding how we can move forward. And that kind of pivots us into... I feel like as a woman of faith, we live our lives in a completely different way that is not understood by the outsiders. And I'm not calling them outsiders as in like outsiders, but they technically are like people who are not trying to live like the Bible says. Kiera knows this. I love the Proverbs 31 woman and I want to become a 21st century version of a Proverbs 31 woman, but that requires me to a part of me to die. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I feel like if you have to become the person that God wants you to be, older versions of yourself have to die because they can't be brought forward. And I think that we struggle with that. And we struggle with figuring out who the new us is. And I want to know if any of you are currently in that situation or have you gone through that situation where you feel like because of your relationship with God, you've had to change. Therefore, you're no longer accepted and by people or in certain situations because of the new you, because of the you that you became, because you're following Jesus. I think that the, one of the things is, and this was something that I asked, I consciously asked for a couple of years ago. Um, I'm not big on making new year's resolutions, but I, I set intentions for the year and I, I set, um, I set goals for the year. And so a couple of years ago, I asked God specifically, I said, God, I need you to, um, to bring more godly women who are searching for you and are searching for, for greater in their lives around me. And as he did that, because be careful what you ask for, because he's going to do it when you ask for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These women were like, just beating me upside the head, like coming up from out of like every crevice and, and nook and cranny like just coming up and people who had been in my life that were not that started falling away. Um, and so I think as the more, the more we get closer to being, like you said, that Proverbs 31 woman and seeking to become that, to be closer to that, seeking to be in relationship with him um, and seeking to go after being more Christ-like, then inevitably, like the light that's in us is going to is going to attract more light towards us, and um, and people who that light is too bright for, they will shield themselves from it, so they will start to fall away, and that's that's what I found for me. So it wasn't even so much that I had to 
separate myself from them, they separated themselves. Yep. Um, Yeah, I'll talk a little bit on on just about in the internal struggle of becoming a new person and becoming transformed in your mind. One of the things I think I struggled with was beating myself up when I made a mistake initially first trying to change, you know what I'm saying? Because like you go to church and you learn all this stuff and you're supposed to be this P31 woman and then you come home and you ain't nothing like the P31 woman, (laughs) you know, initially. And it's like, we feel fake when we're trying to make this transition. It's like people looking at you like you're crazy because you're not popping off or you're not going off the way you used to. And it's like, well, you know, it does feel fake to me inside because normally you would probably get a different reaction. But now that I'm, ch- I'm trying to change, and that's one thing I just want to encourage women, other women too, when we're trying to change and we're trying to become the 20, uh, you know, this uh, Proverbs 31 woman, it's going to feel fake because that's not you yet. But the more we do it and the more we continue to fail and start over and fail and start over and continue to change, it'll become who we are and it'll feel a little more normal. It'll feel like, okay, that's who I am now. I don't have to force myself not to pop off on you because this is truly who I've become and I've I've gained a little temperance, you know, so in situations, I respond a little bit differently. So don't be, I just want to say, don't be afraid of feeling fake at first because it is fake, you know, but eventually it becomes who we are. And that's just a part of our, our growth and change, I think. I love that. Did you have anything you want to say about that, Kira? No, I think we hit it. Yeah. Question then, because I personally feel like with everything happening in society right now, with the Black Lives um, move, the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as a second wave of COVID nineteen coming through right now, I feel like a lot of people are getting reunited with their faith. They're sparking their um, journey of wanting to know more about God and Jesus. Like it's going to a whole nother level. Um, I was actually listening to a pastor and he mentioned how right now during this season, live stream for churches are at the highest that they've ever been in history. Obviously, we haven't had live stream like I don't know how many years ago. I feel like my whole life we had technology like this, but I know I'm still kind of me here, we're kind of still young. So <laughs> so I feel like I feel like with this, there's so many people that haven't been like reading their Bible or just having a relationship with God that are coming out now. So I guess my question would be, what advice would you give someone? And Whitney just, you know, said it might feel fake when you're trying to change and start doing things differently. But is there any other advice that you would give these women who may listen to this particular episode about here's what I will give you, or here's the advice I would give you as you start transitioning to start living your life for Jesus? I think for me, the advice I would give is, um, Chris and I have actually talked about this before, was because I was church, like I said, uh, talked about, I felt like I learned how to pray perfect. Like you hear pastors, elders, apostles pray, and it's, you know, God, we thank you for this, we thank you for that, and bless these people and bless those people. And and it wasn't ever truly um, raw and authentic. Like I didn't, because I learned how to pray like that, it was very much like there are hidden rooms you don't expose to God, even though he knows they exist, um, to just actually step forward and launch into that place where you expose everything, that you're truly naked during that during those moments of prayer with God. Like you expose everything and truly um, 
just reveal and expose yourself. And so just with that journey, personally, for me, I feel like that that's where um, life began to shift for me. It was, you know, okay, yeah, I know all these things about you, but why don't you say them while you're spending time with me? Why don't we acknowledge and talk about these things so that I, because God can't heal what you won't reveal. So it's like, God, I want to reveal these things because I want to be changed. And so I guess that would be my advice was, was to be really raw and to be very vulnerable with the Lord instead of hiding things um, when you start taking that journey. Yeah, I think that's, that is so critical. I know that was something I struggled with for a long time was feeling like I needed to, to um, pray perfectly. Um you know, like I, I never, I, 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 I would pray like the Lord's prayer and it, I, it kind of, I, I guess it kind of relates even to like the whole reading the Bible thing too. Like I, I never wanted to pray in public or pray, you know, um, out loud for other people, um, unless it was like the Lord's prayer or something like, <laughs> something like that or say grace. Um, because I, I never, I never felt like I, I, could pray as well as like an elder or like the, you know, the, the deacons or the, the past, like, you know, those, those types of people. Um, I wasn't saved enough to be praying like that. And so um, it, it wasn't until actually I got called into leadership at my church and I was like, you know, and they were, were pushing me to pray. And, um, and I got into community with other people who were praying imperfectly and I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and I think that goes into what I was going to say, as far as the, the advice is give yourself grace. Um, you know, if God can give us grace for our imperfections, um, you know, why can't we give ourselves grace? You know, he created us in his own image. He created us knowing that we were not perfect. The only perfect person is him and Jesus. And so like, we were not meant to to do it all right. We're going to mess up. So, um, so even in this walk, as you're getting closer and just rediscovering him, like we're going to, we're not going to get it right all the time. And so we've got to give ourselves grace. I want to add one more thing. Um, I know I remember when I was first like starting to take God seriously and stuff. One of the things for me was gaining more knowledge, like listening to podcasts, like instead of listening to my favorite jams, listening to a podcast when I'm driving, listening to um, YouTube videos and sermons, Sarah Jakes Roberts, Charles Stanley. Um, that's another lady I, I listen to, too. I can't think of her name. Uh, anyway, just listening to people. Um, Dr. Miles Monroe is really, really good. Listening to people who have the knowledge that we're trying to get because you can only do what's in your mind. You know, if you don't have anything new in your mind, you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. So as you're trying to transition, start putting more stuff in so that you have something different to pull from. And it'll expose you to like, man, I really need to work on that. That's me. Like you'll start to see those different things. So please ladies find ways to put more things into your mind so you can, it can help you make better decisions and filter stuff through. For me, I would definitely say it's starting where you are. When I first started my journey, like Kiera said, she is like the prayer warrior. It's like, you, the way she prays, it's like, am I still on the phone with Kiara? <laughs> and so for me, I struggled with, like Nikki said, praying out loud in front of people or just having those conversations. And then we decided to start doing a 4 a.m. prayer call 
And she was driving to work and the other ladies we had on the phone were also on their way commuting to work. So I was the only one at home in my bed. So I was the only one that could read the devotional out loud. And we'll be like, do popcorn prayer. And I'll get stuck on a word. And I used to freak out about it to the point when we first started, I used to read the devotional the day before so I can go Google the words to figure out how to say them. And I was like trying to be this perfect reader. And then at some point I was exhausted because I had two toddlers. And it got to the point where I'd be like, here, what's that word? And she'll tell me the word. She wouldn't even be looking at the book. She just know what it, how to pronounce it. And I'd be like, okay, good. And I just keep going. And I realized I just had to start where I was. And I beat myself up about the fact that I was not raised in a church, that my parents didn't talk to me about this stuff. And I had to figure it out kind of on my own, but using the church, like being a part of a community of people who get what you're trying to do and they're on the path to where you're trying to go and having those type of conversations with people. Because I feel like when you're in communication with other people who are believers, who are leading a life like Jesus you get different advice. Like you and your husband fighting, like you get different advice from somebody that's a believer than somebody that's not, just saying. <laughs> and it's like that for everything. So you, I also would say start where you are, but also know who you're getting counsel from because the person that you get counsel from could really mess you up if it's not the right person. So that's kind of, <laughs> did anybody want to add anything else to that point? I think we got these ladies set up for success with those tips. <laughs> okay. Um, I have one more question and then we're going to wrap it up. I wanted to know if you all feel that being a woman of faith and believing in Jesus, if you are reacting to what's happening in t- today's society differently than what you would have as your old self, like the me in college, Kristen. <laughs> like when it comes to the Black Lives Matter movement, COVID-19, just everything that's happening. And like, I've been seeing all these like memes and funny videos about like, we just need to throw 2020 away and just start like 2021 needs to come out of retirement or like come out quicker. So I've been seeing all this stuff, but I would love to know what you all think. Like, how has it made you take action, not take action? What you said, the conversations you've had, because you are a believer and a woman of faith. Absolutely. This is not, 2020 is not over. Um, I I pray Psalm 91 over myself and my family and over our world like every day. I have an eight-year-old daughter and um, and she had, a, she had a, a moment last week where literally she froze in the car. We were getting out to go to the store and she saw a police officer outside of the store and she was like, I don't want to get out of the car. Um, I don't want us to die today. And, um, and literally like I started teaching her in the, you know, that day, Psalms 91. And I think had I not been rooted in my faith, like that was a moment where like, again, it was, I could have, I felt like this, this, this conflict of emotions because the mama in me was like my heart is breaking and my child is having to deal with this. The black mama in me is angry that I'm having to deal with this with my eight-year-old. But the Christian mama in me, which is the filter that I that I have to put everything through first, was I need to equip my daughter and remind her who's got us. 
and where, you know, that, that, that we are protected no matter what. And so that was where I had to go to first. Um, and so that is, so for me, like I've, even when all of this COVID stuff started, I've been at peace because I know that all of this is being worked out for our good. And I, and I feel like, um, God is, God is in this. He's moving. He's doing, he's something is coming out of all of this. Even this, even all the stuff that the, the cultural stuff we're going through right now, the, um, like so much stuff is moving right now that I, I can't be hopeless about it, you know? Um, and I, and I talk to people all the time that are like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is horrible. And, and it is that, you know, when you look at, at there's so much on the news that, that is showing us the, the evil that's in the world. As Christians, we know there's evil in the world. Like that, that hasn't, that's not a surprise. Um, but we know how to fight evil. We have, you know, <laughs> we know what to fight, how to, how to go against that. And so that's, that has been what, why I have not been discouraged, why I haven't been, um, yeah, I've had my moments, like when I watched that video, like I, it, it broke me down and I also, you know, I know that God, God tells us that it's okay to cry. It's okay to, to have emotion, but at the same time, we don't stay there. We don't stay there long. Um, so for me, it's been a little bit different as well. I think I probably would have got been a, a lot more vocal, I'm a lot more angry, things like that, but I just haven't been, you know, for a consistent while. Like I, I, I know what's going on and it is very frustrating and I understand what ha- what's going on, but I guess for me, it's more of like my, my son is 11 and I realized that it really hit him because he sees so much stuff on, on TikTok and things like that. And he, you know, was like, mom, well, what if I, I'm driving my car one day when I'm 16 and I get reached for my hairbrush and somebody kills me and this is his mind or we're riding. He's like, well, I can't wear a do-rag cause I don't want to get shot. I don't want to. And this is him thinking out loud. And so I always just kind of dive in a little bit more. So when we hear those things, I've been being in- intentional about diving in and, and, and just kind of reassuring him that Tyree, I don't want you to live in fear, even though a lot is going on and that happened for some black people, some black men in the world, that does not have to be you. And I don't want you living in fear thinking that that's how you're going to end up if you get stopped by a police officer. It doesn't have to be that way, you know? So, um, you know, just kind of trying to see different perspectives, trying to understand that not everyone is is racist and help people who can't understand that, see that not everyone is that way, but still still pushing forward and, and understand that I know what's going on and it's so much deeper than what we're seeing right now, you know? So I'm trying to, I have been, trying to not be so emotional and figure out what can I do that can still make a difference, still represent God the right way. And you know what I'm saying? And still represent my culture the right way and still be pleasing to God and still represent how I'm supposed to respond like this for my son, you know, and for my, I'm the oldest of 10 kids. So, you know, them looking at me and seeing how we're supposed to do this, you know, I can't be angry and, and, and watching them because I'm setting an example for them. So I, I think I'm just, I'm looking at it from like that and, and, and thinking about that my moves are being watched and I want to make sure I set the right example for them and, and things like that. So that's kind of where I've been in, in the whole situation for myself. Yeah, I agree. Um, like everyone else, um, there's so much peace and so much hope found in Jesus, um, even through all of this, I think. And I've, I've sat in my prayer time 
and like other believers and said, thank you, Lord, for COVID-19, because you're redirecting people back to you. You're shifting people's perspective off of all of these distractions to what we need to be focused on. Even believers, uh, we get so distracted by things that are going on and everything in our day that sometimes we even lose focus. And so um, trying to take a, trying to look at the positive, like, you know, this is happening. People are quarantined, but we have so much time to listen to podcasts and listen and read your word and spend time in worship. Um, So thank you for turning people's hearts back to you. And thank you that your word is going forth over these streaming services and people are hearing and people, you know, people are being exposed to something like they now have time to hear um, you. And in addition to the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I will say that I strongly disagree with injustice, but I was so grateful to be a part of a service where the pastor spoke up about Black Lives Matter, but that we can't depend on the government to fix this because this is a heart problem. And people's hearts need to be changed. There is, you know, racist and people, I watched a video earlier today and a FedEx driver was crying. I don't know if you guys seen this, but someone, uh, you know, called him a nigger and spit on him. And I was in my heart angry and wanted to cry. And just like, you know, I actually went to school in Franklin, Indiana and dealt with things there. I went to Walmart by myself and was followed and um, spoke up at my college about this. Like, I'm, I'm black, but why, why am I being followed? Is any other Franklin College student being followed in the grocery store? You know, while you guys are following me, somebody else is stealing. And so um, I think in addition to um, being real with how I feel, um, I've been just asking the Lord to guide me because I did let fear grip me for a moment. My husband carries a gun, but he doesn't have a license yet. And so the idea of him driving because he works night shift and having that gun and he, him possibly even telling the law, the, the officer that, you know, I have a, a weapon um, allowed to carry it legally, even without a license in your glove compartment box. The idea and the thought that he could pass away or get killed, even doing the right thing. And I asked him to leave it home with me until, you know, until he gets his license, just um, you know, just leave it home okay, just for my peace, um, you know, and thinking because we um, October will be two years married for me and we don't have children yet. But just we were having this conversation just about what's going on in society. And we both said, you know, that we think if we were pulled over that we would probably say, please don't kill me. And so that still, you know, bothers me because it is reality um, and it is it's the truth that we're living in. And so just, I'm grateful to be in a place where I know the Lord and I have this peace and this hope. And when I spend time in his presence, the the refreshing and the peace that just falls on you is just so amazing. But um, just, just really remaining vigilant in prayer and just praying because our world needs a change and it's not going to happen in legislation. It's going to have to happen through the heart and through God touching people. Um, and so that's just kind of how I've been dealing with everything. Thank you for that. I um I agree with all of you because for me, I am living in California. My husband's not here. He's overseas, but we have two toddlers. And through this movement, God has been opening my eyes about how I am showing up as a leader. He's been telling me to be a leader and step up for years. And I've been hiding that. 
And I think it has something to do with just the way I was raised. And, you know, you don't speak up, stay quiet, be seen, not heard, that kind of thing that I've struggled with being a leader. And during this time, like all of you, I've had peace about it. COVID-19 hit my mom's household and I didn't have any fear about it um, because I, I know who I know who I follow. Um, I guess that's how I will phrase that. And for me, it's more of in this season, I feel like my faith is giving me hope. Like, I feel like everyone, it's so dark. Everything is dark and the bad things. I'm like a TikTok fan right now. My best friend knows that. I have to set a timer because I get lost in the funnel. But I love it because seeing the news, I don't watch the news, but I see clips of the news. Seeing how the news is portraying what's happening compared to the beautiful mess or art. I call it beautiful mess because that's what it is of the riots and people with these songs and like seeing people come together, like it's just beautiful to watch. But I also, so I have a sense of hope, but I also have a sense of call, like a call to action that the world needs more people to show up as like, for lack of better words, faith influencers. Those of us who are not afraid to be bold and share that we are believers, that if you want to get started with your journey, I'm here to help you help guide you and show you the way and give you some resources to get started. That it's okay for you to have a conversation with me about your faith or about the questions that you have. And I feel like the world needs more of that because if you think about it, there's not many places or many conversations that you could really do that. It's like, I, I've been seeing this trend on TikTok where people are like asking people questions like, oh, do you do this? Oh yeah, I do that. Like this kind of like trend. But I kind of also realized that it, it's been like that for far too long with our faith. It's like, you're not, a, you're not sure if you're in a group of people, if you should bring up the fact that you believe in God, because you don't know who you're sitting with. And I feel like this is the time for us to show up and answer that call to action to be those people that if you're around Whitney, if you're around Nikki, if you're around Kiera or Kristen, you know that God might come up in a conversation and you know that they're going to end up speaking on that and give you advice or information from a biblical like perspective. And that's how I've been kind of looking through and filtering all the information right now and answering the toddlers who obviously, I told y'all that 30 minutes, they be on it. <laughs> I think the last thing I was just going to say was, um, I feel that this is the moment now for us as women. And I feel like if we have any type of platform, if it's with our families, if it's with our businesses, our coworkers, whoever that is, it's our time to start showing them what it looks like to follow Jesus, to lead a life biblically and how to like, it's just different. I don't know how to, like, that's just the word. It's just different when you are a believer, how you handle situations, and like all of us on this call agree that during this time, we've had peace. But that is not the message that has been shown to the masses right now. That is not the feeling that everyone is feeling. And I don't think it's only because we um, are believers, but I think it's a majority, like a big piece of why we feel that feeling is because we know who got us. And we know that this is a time in history that we're all here to see but I also think it's a time for us to step up and do what he's needing us to do and show people the way. So that was a long story. Agree. Um, do anyone have anything else that they wanted to like share or um, talk about before we end the episode? 
I was going to say that I have a um, a Facebook group called Women Chasing Virtue, actually based off Proverbs, Proverbs 31. And it's just, we have weekly faith chat. So every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, I do a Zoom meeting. I bring in like another woman of faith to talk or we have like right now we're talking about the fruit of the spirit. So just trying to grow that community of women um, just can come and be, be real, evolve and grow in God together. So it's called Women Chasing Virtue. And that's a resource as well. If you want to just be surrounded by like-minded women and and just learn how to keep it real about Jesus and how we're growing and becoming better. I love that. Nikki, Kiara, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, I just thank you for bringing us together. Um, you know, I, I I really appreciate this opportunity to talk about um, to talk about this and um, you know, I, I don't think that there is enough of these types of conversations that happen. So, so thank you for this. Likewise, thank you for bringing us in. And I was thank just going to agree, agree to your point about uh, it's time for us to be the change and, you know, just be bold in our faith. Um, my dad is pretty active in the community. He works for an organization, um, where he gets to do ministry full time. And recently he, and, our city got looted and rioted. They destroyed downtown. Long story short, he decided to take young men down there to clean up the graffiti. And people who feel like he shouldn't have because he said Black Lives Matter were calling him out and telling him, you know, he wasn't a part of, you know, black group and he was, you know, working for the white man and he was being submissive to them and doing all these things. And it was like, no, this is what God will want us to do because we can peacefully protest. We don't have to destroy things. We don't have to tear people's things up. And two Black-owned businesses got destroyed in that. He put out a petition and asked people to help raise money to get them back up and running. And last Saturday, we had a Unity in the Community block party on that street. They blocked off you know, a section of downtown. And we were able to just come together, dance, play basketball, laugh. And it was a true the uh, reflection of God. And it was like, you know, even though we're having these moments of tension, um, God was on display there. And people who normally wouldn't speak to each other were very vulnerable and willing to have conversations and just be in a place where even though it's uncomfortable and there's tension in our world right now, let me let down my guard and get to know you beyond your beyond your skin color. Let me learn something about you and be uncomfortable and be comfortable being uncomfortable, basically. And so um, just to piggyback what you say, Kristen, like, I'm so glad to, you know, be the child of someone who is actually actively living and, you know, moving and following the voice of God, even when people disagree with what they're doing. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I feel like as we start showing up the way that God intends for us to show up, people are not going to agree, but we have to hold strong and put our foot down and just make sure that we are arming ourselves with the word and knowing that God is who we're doing it for, not to please man. Um, And then with that, these conversations do need to happen more. And that's actually what we want to do with GPA with launching this series where every July and February, we want it to be conversations like this. Um, For this particular segment, it's going to be of African-American women who because it's just a different experience and we're hopefully going to be able to start bringing in more women over time. Um, but really sharing what it's like as we're starting to dedicate the months of January, July and February to women of color, black women, whatever term that I know everyone has a different term that they want to be referred to. 
um, to be featured because the time is now and we have to get started and we have to take action because in my heart of hearts, I feel like this is what God wants us to do in this time. Everyone is negative, but we are the voice of hope. We are the voice that there's something better coming. And I think of it all the time, like I was telling Kiara that um, I'm creating an alter ego and my alter ego's name is Noah because I love how he built that freaking art. And I know I just said freaking. <laughs> I'm working on it. That's my version of a guy leave. That's, that's all right. Built this ark when even his family didn't understand, but he knew that God wanted something done so that he could save mankind. And I feel like that's where we are right now. Like there's something that we can't see that's the bigger picture and it's not meant for us to see, but we're supposed to take action and do the things that we're supposed to do regardless of what other people think. So with that, thank you all for getting on this episode. And I'm excited for us to have more conversations like this in the future. And that is it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Wow. What a powerful podcast. I hope you were as moved as I was by listening to this really vulnerable, authentic conversation with some powerful women of God who really are out there making a difference. So thank you to each one of you. And if you weren't already aware, head over to the Girl Power Alliance social media pages because we've got some really special stuff going on for the entire month of July specifically for women of color. We are doing some giveaways, membership giveaways, and we are really highlighting the voices of some amazing women that are out there in the world who love Jesus and who want to share that hope. So thank you to each of you women for being part of this really important conversation during this time and for being a part of Girl Power Alliance. This is where women grow.